Who's got their Bible this evening? Did you bring your Bible? Hold it up in the air. You got your Bible? Let me see it. Good. Bible was, this book is a lie. This is the devil's going to try to get you to believe. Mark, that's a big Bible. Mark was hard. He was struggling. I was like, oh, man. Okay, let's put that Bible down. Big Bible. You got your Bible today? This is a powerful book. A wonderful book. This book right here makes or breaks. We can't make it without this book right here. Sometimes we try. We do. Every once in a while, you know, we may, we may stray, slip away. We need this book. We've got to have this book. Our homes must be founded on this book, the Bible. This is God's Word. Oh, this is a precious book. When you hold it in your hands, it's just different, right? Um, I, I'm not... I, I'm just going to say, I, I couldn't, I cannot. You know, if you don't have your eyesight anymore, you need a bigger picture. You, the words aren't, the, I, I understand. But man, I use my phone when I have to, maybe to do a little research. But there's nothing like holding this book, right? It's just different, right? Oh, man. You just sit there, you sit there and you listen to the preacher preach. And usually I'm right over there. And, man, I just love flipping through these pages. you got to be careful. You know, the preacher starts preaching. You see something. You see something real good, and you're tempted to start studying a little bit. Wait, wait, wait. you got to wait for it. This book is powerful. Oh, we need this book, the Bible. Go to Psalm. Psalm chapter 19. Psalm chapter 19. I love the Bible. I, I somewhat... Someone was talking to me on Sunday, and we, we, we brought this up. We are talking about the Bible. You know, it, this is, it's that time of year. We're getting towards June, and people are going to be taking their vacations. I just got back from vacation. And the statement that was made to me is, we've got to be very careful that we not take a vacation from our devotions. You go away, you, you want to relax uh, you want to get away from all the problems or maybe the hectic lifestyle. just want to take a step back. And sometimes we take a step back from what truly matters and what's going to make the difference in our hearts and our lives. You go on vacation this year, you got your big checklist, right? Everything that you got to bring and everything you got to put in the suitcase. Make sure that the Bible is all the way at the top of that list. You need it. You need it. We're going to, I, it just so happens that, uh, that what we're going to go through this evening, the Lord spoke to me about in my devotions while I was on vacation. That's why it's fresh on my heart, fresh on my mind, that thought. And it was amazing that someone said that to me on Sunday because it was on my heart. It was on my mind. It's something I had been thinking about. And I'm going to read in Psalm 19, I'm going to start in verse number seven and we'll read through the end of the chapter. It says, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, 
sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is thy servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright, and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Let's pray. Father, we come to you. Lord, we need you. Lord, we love you, and I'm just so thankful for all that you do for us. I'm so thankful for this church and the opportunity that we have to be here to worship and praise your holy name. For the singing that took place, Lord, the prayer, the prayers that have been lifted up already, Lord, for this message now, as we open this book, your word, the Bible, Lord, I pray that each and every single one of us are able to take something that you speak to us, speak to our hearts. Lord, reveal something in our lives that should be changed or something that should be bettered. Father, we need you. And of course, Lord, I have nothing to offer. I need you tonight. Be with me. Give me the words to say. Guide my lips. I'll thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Starting in verse number 7. Verse number 7, going through verse number 9. I'm going to read those three verses really quick once again. And by way of introduction, that will kind of kick things off here. It says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The law of the Lord is perfect. Listen. In the sinful, wicked day in which we live, as we go through life, it can be easy as we make our way through the sin, the wickedness that we see on a regular basis, to become calloused. And through the law of the Lord, we can see and be reminded what sin truly looks like. Have you ever gotten to the place in your heart and your life where sin did not bother you anymore? You walked through. You can re- remember a day when you walked through the mall and what you saw kind of disturbed you. But now you can make it through and it really doesn't bother you anymore. You know what I'm saying? A lot of that has to do with the devil throwing things at us all day, every day. And if you spend any extended amount of time on television... Whoa, you got to be very, very careful with what you put in front of your eyes. Be very, very careful. It will distort your view of sin and how wicked it truly is and how evil the devil is and how much he wants to destroy you and ruin your heart, ruin your life, your testimony. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure. I like this, making wise the simple. And of course, this year... Do the simple well. And let me tell you, when you look to Jesus, when we have our eyes fixed on Jesus Christ, everything is much more simple. Because he does not change. What was good 2,000 years ago when he walked this earth, it is good today. What was evil 2,000 years ago when he stepped foot on this earth is now is still evil today. We complicate matters. We've got that scale. Is it okay? Is it bad? No. 
let's make it nice and simple. Right is right and wrong is wrong. Jesus the same yesterday, today, and forever. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. We have lost our fear of the Lord. Churches across America, homes, Christians across the globe, we have lost this fear. It says, what does it say there? The fear of the Lord is clean. I remember a day when I was very young. And if I were to have made a mistake, if I messed up and I knew about it, in the back of my mind, I knew it was coming. Dad's going to get me. When I was little, when I was young, there was a healthy, a clean fear of my father and the consequences that were, that were coming. They were, they were on the way. I knew it. Oh, man, that sick feeling in the pit of my stomach. Here it comes. But you know that fear eventually turned to respect. And that respect then turned to love. And you know, when I got on my own, and I'm there in Kentucky now, I'm living by myself, I'm there in college, when I would make a mistake, when I would be tempted to do wrong, I was not worried anymore that my father was going to jump in the car, grab the rod, and drive hundreds of miles to whoop my rear end. No. There was a love there that said, I don't want to disappoint my father. Oh, hundreds and hundreds of miles away. I didn't want to disappoint. I didn't want to upset my dad. Because I love my dad. I want to make him proud. I want to please my father. And the same could be said of our heavenly father. Now, this word fear, there is, a, there is an awe. Reverential awe that we should have. When you hold this book in your hand, the word of God, is it special? Is it different than the other hundred books you've got on the bookshelf back at the house? There's something different about this. Oh, verse number nine, the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. Enduring forever. My mind goes back to basically the illustration that I just mentioned in me as a child. Train up a child in the way he should go. When he is old, when he is old, he will not depart from it. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. And I know I'm taking a bit to get started here, but verses 7 through 9, all of it is found right here. Those three verses... That little section that I just read, we just walked through, it's right here. The Bible. This, our roadmap for living. This is what we need to properly maneuver and navigate this world, this life in which we live. We need this book. So I have four simple thoughts. Four points for you this evening. Number one, we see in verse number 10. More to be desired. Number one, we see the desire. More to be desired are they than gold, 
yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Listen, a life lived within the confines of these verses, a life lived within the confines and the context of this book, the Bible, cannot be purchased. The peace that comes from this book, the Bible, cannot be purchased with all of the gold in this world. The joy and the happiness that comes from living and obeying this book, the Bible, cannot be purchased. You cannot have a big enough bank account to replace it. You cannot. You will not. I like the end of that verse. Then much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Sweet. So sweet. A life lived for Jesus Christ. A life lived in accordance to this book, the Bible. Sweet and satisfying. It was just a couple of weeks ago, I was at my grandparents' house. Uh, Grandma had me over. Sarah, my wife, was away. And Grandma must have known that if I would have gone any, gone any longer, I would have starved to death. So she had me over for dinner. All right? And so we're eating. Me and my brother, we stopped over. We're having some dinner with Grandma and Grandpa. And it was a delicious dinner. I'm going to town. I got seconds. I got a whole bunch of food. I ate a whole bunch. One thing, and my Grandpa's going to be mad at me. That's okay. That's all right. Grandpa, no matter how much he eats... No matter how much he gets, you can be sure he's always got room for dessert. And Grandma said it. I had just loaded up my plate twice, and I, had, I got extra bread, and I got another salad. I'm telling you, I was just going to town. I, must, I was more hungry than I realized. And Grandma says, Grandma says, I've got chocolate pudding in the fridge. Amen. That is my favorite. I love chocolate. Anything chocolate, give me chocolate. I'll eat it. I love chocolate. And she's got nice, cool chocolate. And then she said, I've also got Cool Whip. Yes. I'm telling you. Listen, I was getting full, but I had room for dessert. I made room for dessert. And it was the icing on the cake. I'm telling you, satisfaction. That's all I needed. I was done. I'm good to go. And that's our life. Christian lives. Yes. Chocolate pudding. No, better than that. Sweet. Satisfying. Oh, the world, they're longing for something more. Something extra. I need to find it. I thought this new vehicle would do the trick. I thought the bank account was going to do what I needed to bring the satisfaction, to make me feel good. No, it doesn't work. Oh, it's that relationship or that friendship. That'll do the trick. No, not unless it's a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the one satisfying. Do you desire this book, the Bible? Do you desire it? Do Do you long for it? What role does it play in your life, in your daily routine? Verse number 10. We see the desire. And then the next couple are going to be tricky here. Let's jump down to verse number 12, where we see the depravity. 
Let's take a look. It says, who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Listen, folks, we must understand. We have to wrap our minds around who and what we are, how good our God is, and how truly wicked we are. Oh, we are wicked. We are sinful. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And I'll use that verse when I'm out door knocking. And I'll explain to someone. I'll try to be very clear in helping them understand that we are all sinners. And sometimes, somewhere along the line, I realize and I'm reminded, listen, just as much as that person on the other side of the door, I am that sinner. I am the one that Jesus had to come and die for. Oh. I make mistakes. I mess up. You know what? As we read there, cleanse thou me from secret faults. You know, I've made so many mistakes. There are, there, I've messed up so many times. This is why we must be on guard. Keeping that short account with God. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But sometimes we get going through life, and as we talked about at the beginning, being desensitized towards sin, as we make these little mistakes, they're not that big a deal. And now there's no need to confess that fault, because it really wasn't that bad. And then I look back, and two and three months down the road, and I go, yeah, I... I there's things that I've done that I've forgotten about. Lord, cleanse me. Cleanse me from those secret, the ones I've forgotten about, Lord. I, can't even, I couldn't even put my finger on it anymore. We are wicked. We do fall short. We have missed the mark. We do need a Savior. I'd say, well, I am saved. I've trusted Christ as my Lord and Savior. I'm on my way to heaven. Praise the Lord. But there is confidence in that short account with Jesus Christ. That woman that we talked about Sunday morning, as soon as the hard times came, it was, oh man, that's my fault. It's because of my sins and my past failures. There is confidence knowing that there is a relationship there with God. Confidence in knowing that you can get a hold of God in those difficult times. Not worry, where'd he go? Because of my faults and because of my failures, because of my lifestyle, I couldn't get a hold of God if I tried. The depravity. Verse number 13. Verse number 13 is what originally caught my eyes. I was reading through this chapter, and as we begin to read through Scripture, things jump out at you, and everything works together because God works things all together for good. He, he, he knows exactly what's going on. He knows exactly what we need. Verse number 13, keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Number three, we see the dominion. What originally caught my eye was this presumptuous sin. What? The presumptuous sins. And as I've studied and as I've read and cross-referenced... I'm reminded of a story. I remember going back as a little boy once again, sitting at the dinner table. And just like your dinner table, I'm sure that there were some rules that you had to abide by. My dad had some rules at the dinner table. There were some things that we weren't allowed to do. One of those was we weren't allowed to have our elbow on the table. That was one of the rules. Well, 
I had some buddies over one day. They stayed through, and they were eating dinner with us. And I saw one of them had their elbow on the table. And I got nervous. Oh, man, Dad's going to get him. He always gets me. He always knows when my elbow's on the table. And I'm watching, and I'm eating. I don't want to say anything. I don't want to give him away. That whole time. Why isn't dad saying anything? What's going on? Maybe it's not a big deal anymore. Maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe we've passed that. We've crossed that bridge. And so there goes my elbow. Josh, get your elbow off the table. <laughs> what? What? Did you see him the whole time? He's had his elbow on the table the whole time. You know the difference? I knew better. I knew better. This is a serious thing to God. We've got to be very careful. You see, we have the Word of God in our hands. But if you're saved today, you have the Word of God. You have the Word living inside you. And sometimes we like to call this card, we pull this card out, this ignorant card. And it gives us a right to do things because we don't really know what the Bible has to say about specifically this area. But the difference is, this word's in our heart. You ever hear that voice? You're about to do something. It's not the worst thing ever. But that voice says, uh-uh. Nope. Uh-uh. Turn it off. Turn that movie off. Sorry, guys. There's a decision to be made. The presumptuous, I know better now. I'm in the car and I'm listening to something I should not listen to. Or at least, maybe it's just borderline and, you know, music in those gray areas. And that thing inside you says, uh-uh, no, stop, that's it. There's a decision to be made. You know the beautiful thing about a message like this or any message that we are privileged to hear at Community Baptist Temple, straight from the Word of God, right from the Bible. And so I don't have to sit here with a list of all of our faults and failures of the history of mankind to pinpoint the thing that God is dealing with your heart right here and right now. The presumptuous sin. See, it's not that big a deal. I mean, you're probably talking about some of those bad sins, like immoral sins. Some of those, those are serious. i got to move quick. For sake of time, I'm not going to go there, but Numbers chapter 15. Numbers chapter 15. Write these verses down. Numbers chapter 15, verse 28 through verse 30. You can actually go a little farther than that because there's an example given of those three verses I just mentioned. There, there's, there's an example given of those that are ignorant. And God says, listen, yes, they messed up, but I'll forgive them. Then this word presumptuously, presu it's used presumptuously, in Numbers 15, again, and the consequences are far greater because they knew better. This man, the example given, this man goes out and what does he do? Were the children of Israel allowed to work on the Sabbath day? No, they weren't. But this man was caught gathering sticks on the Sabbath day. Even though he knew better, they caught him, they turned him in to Moses and to Aaron. 
They held him for a second, and they said, God, what do we do with this man? And God said, put him to death. The presumptuous sin, when you know better, when God's speaking to your heart, you know better. It's serious, serious to God. Many of us, some of us, I hope, I hope not many of us, I should say, are not being held captive, bound by these sins. You know, when I was at the beach, I'd walk into the waters, and the waves would come up. The waves would come, and if I'm sitting there light on my feet moving around, I could withstand those waves. But when I dug in, if you've ever been to the beach, you can dig in, the sand's nice and soft, and I just stand there. Oh, just mid-thigh, the water's coming up. Even that height, how it gets difficult and it knocks you over. That's what happens. You dig in. And unfortunately, we have dug in. We're bound by our sin and the waves of life come crashing down and we find ourselves on our backside. We see it given here in this verse, verse number 13. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright. I want to stand firm. I want to stand strong in this wicked day in which we live. I don't want to be tossed to and fro. I don't want to constantly be getting back up. That's discouraging. It's tiring, it's difficult, it's hard. And I shall be innocent from the great transgression. Let me move quick. The great transgression. What we're talking about right here is a line. There is a line. And you know exactly where that line is. Why? Because you know better. We know exactly where the line is. Here it is. And willingly... We have crossed that line. I want to be innocent. I am thankful, so very thankful, as a boy moving into those teenage years for the innocence that my parents preserved. Oh, in this sinful, wicked day in which we live. Listen, by the time I got to college, I, was, I didn't understand how blessed I was until I got to Bible college And I listened to Bible college students speak. Their mindset. Where they were coming from. Oh, listen, I saw the world. It just depends on where you see it and what direction it's coming from. If you watch someone drinking, if you watch someone smoking, you watch someone doing drugs on television, they're going to make it look cool. It's going to be exciting. That's neat. And that's what our children are being fed with. The internet is just telling the children, telling all of us, and they're targeting the young people how amazing sin is. I saw sin. I saw sin on the bus route. I saw those drugs. I saw the drug deal as a teenage bus captain going down in in the children's that I picked up, their, their very living room. I saw the drug deal. And I saw two months later... That same man in the hospital who had been shot three times. That's what sin is. That's what it does. That's not the way the television portrays it. That's not the way the devil tries to make it seem and the way he makes it look. 
Oh, no, the drinking, it's so fun. Just a little drink, it's no big deal, right? Oh, the, but then there's the bus kid who I know and who I love who lost his dad, lost his father in an accident to a drunk driver. That's the side of the story that the devil doesn't want you to see. But our children are being fed with it. I can't imagine. I don't want to say anything wrong here. I just want to be completely honest and say, I don't know where I would be today. I wouldn't be standing here if I had full access to the Internet at 14, 15 years old. I would not be standing here today. I promise you that. Wickedness. The devil wants to ruin our lives. He wants to destroy our homes. And in some cases, parents, teenager, we know better. And yet we continue in nonetheless. Talk about crossing the line, the great transgression. Be careful. So, I just spent the last 20 minutes talking about some pretty harsh stuff. Thankfully, it gets a little better. A lot better. Verse number 14. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Get this. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. My strength and my redeemer. Fourthly, finally, we see the deliverer. The deliverer. Oh, we need him. We must have him. You say, listen, Brother Josh, point number two and point number three were pretty discouraging. I'm just going to tell you that right now. It was pretty rough. That's pretty hard to think about. It doesn't have to be, though. It doesn't need to be discouraging. The depravity of man hmm, doesn't have to be discouraging. Nope. Being bound by sin held captive by sin, it doesn't need to be discouraging. Actually, in reality, it should be encouraging to realize, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us were... Oh, I knew I was going to mess it up. Know ye not that so many of us were baptized unto death were... Oh. Let's go there. Romans chapter 6. We're going to look at it. That's all right. God is good. Let's take a look at these verses. These are powerful verses. What shall we say then? Verse number 1. Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Oh, that's encouraging. He said, I'm discouraged thinking about how wicked I am. No, you're saved today. You need not be bound by that sin no longer. You can have victory today through this one, Jesus. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
We need not live defeated lives. There's something in your heart, something in your life that needs to be fixed, something that needs to be changed. God's spoken to you about it. Fix it. We have power to overcome through Jesus Christ and his blood. God is so good. Aren't you thankful? But God commendeth his love toward us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Talk about love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Jesus gave his very life for you and for me. Do you desire this book? Listen, we're sinners. We make mistakes. We mess up. But there is a deliverer. There is one who loves you, who is there for you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. Trust him. Believe in him. You can live the victorious life. We all should live the victorious life. Something's got you today. Something has held you back. It's keeping you from what you want to be, what you know you should be. Lay it at this altar. Get rid of it today. Say, I will not be bound. No more dominion over me. Uh Uh-uh. No, sir. Because Jesus Christ is mine. He is my Savior. He is my Lord. He's bigger than that problem. He's everything I need. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we come to you. Lord, we are so thankful for all you do. The fact that you are there for us, God.